Hello everybody and welcome to She Talks Tech, where I profile women in technology and STEM careers. My aim is to elevate and amplify their stories and inspire more women to join this field. Through detailed interviews with successful women in technology and STEM, I explore their career paths, challenges, successes, and advice for aspiring professionals. Join me as I celebrate the achievement of women in technology and STEM and discover the diverse and exciting opportunities available in this field. Um, guys, I'm really excited today um, for the women that we have because I have, I have Michelle, guys. I have Michelle. So if I, if I have to tell you a story, 2018, I moved to Mexico or rather I lived in Mexico and when I lived in Mexico, you know, like it's a it's a different country altogether. It's a different culture altogether. We have a very huge difference. Um, I think South Africa was like eight hours ahead. And this meant loneliness for me in the very early days of not knowing anyone. I think the first thing that I do, or rather the first people that I got to know is my my colleagues. But anyone outside my colleagues that I got to, to meet was Michelle. And the story is very millennial kind of story. So, <laughs> so it's actually like a full cycle because I'm currently a, a tech makers uh, or rather women tech makers ambassador. We met on a, on a Slack channel. So I was part of like multiple Slack channels. Uh, and one of them is like early career women tech makers, uh, which has like different women from different parts of the world in their early careers and this is another google initiative uh shout out google for for creating spaces and communities so yeah basically um i was in that community and i just literally like brave out and texted like hey i'm in mexico and if anyone here is from mexico please ping me and let me know i'd like to meet up and before you know it, Michelle was reaching out and she was like, hey, I'm here. And the first time we met up again, like was actually at a meetup, a tech meetup. It, this actually represents how much this this woman I'm, I'm about to talk to is very much like in in the tech scene, like deep within. And, and I really love her. I love her as a person, but I also love her drive and everything that she stands for. And I can't wait for you guys to actually experience her today. That was a, a bit of, a, of an introduction that is not an introduction. Hello, Michelle. Tika, like to oh, you. you wore my heart. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here and to share this space with you. Like you just said it all, like all her history. And ever since I met you, like you, we have a very deep connection. And oh. I felt it since the very first moment. And I, I really love that. Thank you. Yes. This conversation like really excites me because you have a beautiful heart. And, and, and I think I remember this so well when I was in Mexico and and it's uh, for people who actually know and have moved to different parts of the world and lived in different countries. The very early days of moving into a, a new country is very lonely because you are trying to you miss your family. So imagine missing your family and then also you, you there's a time difference and you only have like one hour window. 
And I think I got to actually be let in in some of the the things that that you do in tech, and it just really, like you said, it's a deep connection that that we have, and I'm so glad that we still have this to 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 this day. And guys, this is not a friendship um, podcast, <laughs> but I thought I shared that little bit of my experience with with Michelle, just to give you a glimpse of the woman that I'm talking to today, um, and just like a. In, in 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 the very beginning i like to actually start with like where someone grew up where everything started and everything because um i think you get to really get a feel and a taste of what inspired them and and what inspires what they do today so give me a glimpse of like um growing up in you grew up in oaxaca right not really. Like I, I actually grew up in the metropolitan area of Mexico. So okay. it's basically Mexico City and yeah. the state of Mexico. I Hi. was living in the state of Mexico, which is like uh depending on the traffic, yeah. it's one hour or two. Ah yeah. But, oh uh, yeah. Ah, oh, so your but your grandfather your your grandparents are from Oaxaca? Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. So I think I think this is where the where Oaxaca link is. For those who don't know, Oaxaca is another city in, in Mexico um look at me actually showing off my Mexican knowledge <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think I I feel what you mean like I think you mentioned something about like moving abroad and like missing your family missing that part of your life and yeah. also like you know you also face like you get to know another um another you Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always really say that I met myself or different. I met different parts of myself when traveling. Like I think every place that I've gone to, I thought I was going there to explore, but somehow I, instead of exploring, which I did, I I met different Lulani and it was just such a beautiful experience to to actually experience the world like that and to top it off and having people who you are able to do life with and continue to is is beautiful i really really cherish that so much about life yeah but let's come back to you, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah of course know, yeah well yeah uh yeah so but i i, I grew up in the metropolitan area as i mentioned mm -hmm. but yeah my grandpas are from uh, oaxaca and uh, yeah, I was basically like all my beliefs, all like my system around was rooted on on, on Oaxaca, right? On mm -hmm. their costumes, on the 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 traditions, and I yeah, I grew up with that culture, which is quite different from like the city culture, let's say. And at the same time, I was like uh, in between both cultures. Um, yeah, I. I always wanted to be like a computer scientist, but I never really had like any role model, you know, because yeah. uh, from my father's family, there were like uh, some uh, people that actually got university studies, but mostly on like the uh, humanity, humanities areas. Yeah. Um, but I had no really role model to follow yeah. like, like oh I want to be a, a computer scientist because I know that it's possible and so for me that was like a huge barrier at the beginning yeah and also because not even yeah I only not have like a role model but also uh, people used to tend to tell you like hey this is really hard this involves mm -hmm. a lot of math 
this means that you will be in a male dominated field. Yeah. It's hard. Like, think about it twice. Uh, and yeah, so for me, it was like a bit not discouraging, but mm-hmm. it really made me think it twice, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what makes you decide then, like, with all the negativity that comes with what you are trying to do, what makes you still decide that, hey, I would want to actually in a computer science field actually before we go there the deciding who actually then exposes you since there was not much role models how do you find out about does this field then actually be something that you want to do go and and enroll um to to study computer science or how how does the journey look like from that well actually no (laughs) in 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 mexico there's like this possibility of having a technical career where you are in high school. Mm-hmm. So uh, you either go to a high school in which you take some like general subjects and you learn like algebra, geometry, um, like uh, literature and some other things uh, like during three years. Yeah. Or there is this other possibility in which you um, have like one year like with general subjects and two years with a technical career and after you graduate from high school, you can actually get a job in like a related field of that technical career. So because I was very interested in uh, informatics, yeah. uh, but also had this background of like administration and accounting because of this uh, other family that uh, had this background. Yeah. Um, I decided to enroll into a high school that yeah. had these two careers. Uh, so it was administration yeah. and in informatics yeah. uh, and for me it was like gaining some time like a year <laughs> because <laughs> I didn't know like I really didn't know like for me it was like okay so if I enroll in this uh, high school then I will be able to have one more year to decide if I go to administration or computer science right um, at the end I decided to go for computer science but I was rejected yeah uh, so and, and I saw that most of the people that were accepted were men and ah, I was yeah. like well that's so fair yeah, yeah. so I, I asked for um for a change to mm-hmm. another high school in the same institute yeah. and I changed to a different program it was not computer science but it was a sort of like mechatronics let's say ah, yeah, yeah. Um, and for me it was okay like uh because I also like the you know like to build like the hardware mm. stuff and maker stuff yeah. I was like yeah it's fine like I I eventually will be in in, in computer science I don't know yeah. so uh basically this um this other career like mechatronics was also very very uh, fulfilling to me because I learned like all the outer stuff that I didn't know about and uh, for me, that was like like the first experience, real experience of how to, you know, how to build things, how to think like in a in an engineering way. Yeah. And I think that most of the uh, engineers that I am now is because of that experience. Yeah. And you know, it's very very uh, funny because uh, I moved from this um, like this technical career in which I was admitted to yeah. administration and then mm-hmm. to this mechatronic one. Yeah. I failed. I failed. Like, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> I had nine courses and I yeah. failed seven of them. Oh my goodness. 
And for me, that was like, no, what I just did, like, I it, it means I will not be able to finish. Yeah. Uh, that was a bad idea. I should have listened to the people that told me that this was hard. Yeah. And <laughs> like proving the naysayers in a way. And just to actually like reiterate and confirm your building spirit. So, so guys, if I can tell you, you visited me. So something we're going to talk about later uh, Michelle then moved to, to to a different country and I think a lot of you already know that I live in Austria so we are very close to each other and um, she visited me and when she did I actually had just bought a TV and I'm not a builder like if, if, if there's anything that I'm not is is a builder I like <laughs> I like to think that I'm a DIY person, but this is actually like in theory because I have that desire and, and, and God is still good. Somehow, maybe at some point I will be. And I literally just gave it to her. She assembled it for me. Like, I mean, it <laughs> might sound very small to you, but I had to actually like assemble a TV and that was a nightmare. And she was like, give it to me. I'll do it. So yeah, this is, this is the kind of person we're talking about. Yeah, moving forward, right? Uh, we we actually, you wear many hats right now with your experience. And we are going to talk about a lot of it. But right now, I want to focus on your organizations that you co-founded. And you you are very passionate and very active in. And one of them is Techno Latinas. So you're, <laughs> you're very active there and you founded that community. Or rather, you co-founded that community. Firstly, please tell me. What does uh, Techno Latinas do? And also, um, what was the inspiration there to actually start the community? Sure. Well, Techno Latinas is a community that helps to mitigate the gender uh, gap in uh, technology, science, etc. Mm -hmm. uh, we are a community of around uh, 600 uh, people. Uh, we are a very inclusive community, and most of the initiatives that we have is because some uh, Tecnolatina proposes it, and we gather together to see how to develop some things, etc. One example could, could be like a paper a month. We are currently organizing like a paper every month in which we discuss like a state of the art a science or maybe some science that has been for a long time. It depends on the taste of the people that present such papers, right? Yeah. Um, and this uh, enables us to uh, discuss and to try to uh, have some conversations that sometimes um, are like not very welcoming for, for women, you know? Yeah. Um, and this is just to mention a, a, an initiative, but we also have some others like uh, Cumbre de Comunidades, which is an event in which we gather together, we have some workshops, talks, and uh, we basically um, like try to foster a, a, a women community in which we uh, uplift each other and also try to give more visibility to us. And this is important because, you know, uh, I don't know if this has happened to you, but at the beginning of my career, for me, this was all this issue like oh there's not enough women in the field and there's no many women and yeah there's like definitely less representation of women in the field mm -hmm. however um it's not that there is no women like yeah the, if you enter to the <laughs> to the <laughs> university you will see that the parity is quite like balanced yeah. but 
because of the systematic uh, like injustices that we have to uh, overcome at the end there's less women and not even so like after you graduate there's also not many women that are able to uh, be employed in such field you know yeah. and also like many many uh, women are like not exposed like to advocate for them themselves and also not to make visible uh, their work because that would be like you know that is not the same as if other uh, people do that yeah so, um yeah so basically that's like the goal of the latinas that people feel comfortable like talking about themselves like they also uh, are open or are exposed to other opportunities let's say in academia in the industry and so mm -hmm. and having this connection having this uh, safe space uh, yeah. makes it possible yeah do you have like a, a some of the highlights of actually running the community i imagine that there's quite a bit because you have been running the community for for quite a while now and um as you mentioned it's a huge community now at least 600 people in the community so um well basically um one of the things that i can say for example uh, which is something I wanted to mention in the last question, actually. So yeah. I will make a short pause. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, this community was initiated in the uh, pandemic. When the yeah. pandemic started, we really uh, uh, saw that there was a need for us to really uh, gather together and try to discuss some of the problems that we saw. Mm -hmm. And because of the pandemic, many of the women in the community lost their jobs. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're also like trying to help them to uh, get a job with some mentorship, uh, also with some workshops and so. And we have uh, this, this is part of another initiative, which is called a job hunting group. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we basically do like uh, every week we do a workshop or a mentorship uh, session and we try to um, like we try to be with the, with this person like a very 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 in a very personal uh, relationship and yeah we we help them to 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 be better and to try to um like pull their um their cv and yeah. their linkedin pro profile and so um so yeah um what can i say we uh, we have like many talented women some yeah. of them have actually found their uh, phd positions because of Latinas. some of them have also found their jobs because of Latinas. some of them have also founded uh, their communities in their respective countries uh, yeah. because of Latinas. so um Latinas ha ha has been able to to enable them to really yeah. Yeah. Uh, start things yeah. by themselves yeah. as well. That's that's beautiful and kudos to Techno Latinas for unemployment is, is a really like a big deal. It's something that affects a lot of people. I think right now more than ever we know that um, different parts of the world there's like many layoffs and stuff like that so to have that kind of a community is really really I think it's really really important and commendable and and kudos to you for, for running 
um, that kind of community. So because of the name of being Techno Latinas, does this mean that the community is only open to, to the Latina community? <laughs> okay <laughs> this is great as well right <laughs> I, I mean we, we we actually like there are some people that are not like a, a latin american people mm -hmm. but they work in the technology uh, field in latin america and they yeah. are also part of techno latinas because ah, of that okay. Okay. because it's like the we share the same problematics yeah, you know it's yeah, it's yeah. it's different depending on the region in which you you you, you are yeah so yeah um we, we of course are also like trying to find the best way on how to be the most inclusive uh, yeah, yeah. in the community but for now uh, yes this community is only focused on latina women that is like they don't really need to have a in like physically in Latin America, yeah. but that they have faced such uh, social yeah. issues yeah. being a Latin American. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this very much makes sense because also we can't solve all the problems in the world, but if you can be able to just like uh, be specific to your community address uh, for that community, I think for me, it's, it's just really like beautiful talking about like something really inspirational you like i think ever since i met you one thing that i know for sure is that you are an ai evangel evangelist you're literally <laughs> like talk machine learning speak to michelle because she is she breathes like ai and machine learning and everything that has to do with that to a point that you also co-founded ai learners um and so what does AI learners do and what are you trying to address there? Of course, so AI learners is a community that um, is focused on create Spanish content mm -hmm. for machine learning. Yeah. And this is because most of the resources that you find in the internet are in English, you know, and this is like a very huge language barrier for Latin American people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so if you have this language barrier, it means that uh, this will be, um, or this will this will cause for people to like have have it harder to enter yeah. the field, mm -hmm. and only the most privileged people will be able like to uh, have access to more opportunities yeah. because of this disparity. So, um, yeah, this is uh, the main focus of AI learners. Mm -hmm. uh, we at the beginning we used to organize some events, uh, Omar and I, because yeah. we were the ones that started. Omar is my partner. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so we basically started organizing so, and that helped us a lot because at that time we were like just starting getting into the field and. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's been crazy because at that time, nothing about we know about AI or, or nothing about the AI that we see now was like that, like yeah. uh, five, six years ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's a long <laughs> and, time. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, basically we used to organize uh, such, such events and mm -hmm. we met very interesting people. And one of the things that we saw or that we, yeah, we we noticed that most of the people in Latin America are like technology consumers, you know, like yeah. 
we don't see much like uh, technology creation. It's yeah. more in the consumption part. Yeah. And this is like one of the like dreams that we had with the learners, like to be able to maybe by creating some more content to make it more accessible to people. People have like this less challenge challenges yeah. to like get into the field and like it was just like foot or grain of effort there for other people and and yeah so currently we are actually like trying to uh, see what's the best way to proceed because at that time we were both students and now because we have different communities and also uh, work studies and so it's been quite difficult for us to continue with such a goal yeah. But we are really trying like to uh, check what's the best way for us to continue with that and uh, also for making making it possible at least uh, in a different way. Yeah. Well, that's that's beautiful. And I, I wish you guys all the best. I know that you've actually just put in a lot of work in this community and in this platform and enabling other people to actually have access to be able to actually progress even in their career. Um, and like there's a huge buzz around AI right now. And you saw it coming long time ago. You were actually just channeling and um, that is very much beautiful to watch as well um i wonder you know um with everything that you do right now with with the founding the organizations that you founded we are going to talk about one last one that i know of at least um what is the inspiration like what 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 drives you to actually want to do all those things and i and and i think most of them is really like giving off to the community um and creating community and 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 bringing people with you when you go up um what has been like what is what is that drive for you and what inspires you to actually get to do what you do i have like three main motivations for doing yeah. so the first one uh, is because my grandpas they had no like possibility to keep with their education you know yeah. and for me that was uh, somehow like heartbreaking mm -hmm. because they really wanted to study and the reason because they didn't continue was like totally a social thing uh, yeah. because of some disparities in in mm -hmm. in Mexico. Yeah. Um. So basically, I started I started these communities because my reasoning was that for some people to make this accessible meant that they didn't have to care uh, about these resources and the only thing they could do is just to go to our, our, our meetups. Um and try to get this knowledge from us like this tilt and so yeah um and this was true to hack robots which was actually the first community that i uh, founded yeah because um at that time there was a hub in which people could actually have a computer yeah. uh, there and yeah being able just to to have nothing like uh, meaning they were like from all backgrounds and so, but just if they were to this hub, uh, they were able to get a computer and also some hardware and being able to follow the workshop and so to uh, learn something, right? And yeah, for me it was like 
man, education is not free because in, in Mexico, education uh, is like sometimes uh, communi communicated as it was free, but it's not because even if the uh, school, if the uh, basic education is not, uh, let's say, costly, yeah, people still have to get worried about uh, having the... Um, the clothes, having the material, having uh, the way to go like to that school and so, okay? Yeah. So for me, it was like, uh, we really need more ways to make education yeah. more accessible yeah. to other people. So that was like my first motivation because for me, it was like, oh, just imagine what other people would be able to do if they had more access to such things. Yeah. And yeah, the second uh, motivation was more like, because it was totally personal. It was about uh, realizing that when you teach something, you also learn more. And for me, uh, organizing these workshops, giving some talks, some work, uh, some yeah, some huge and long workshops enabled yeah. me to learn more. Yeah. And um, the third option for me, it was just like the, the third motivation, sorry, was for uh, me like to have some um, to give something from me to 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 society, let's say like, yeah, uh, it was a way for contributing to 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 Mexican society and Latin American society, because that actually makes me ma makes me really happy, you know, like, yeah. um. I don't know, my first community when I used to uh, help people to build their first um, circuit or so. Yeah. Uh, and seeing their happy faces for me, that was really, really nice. Oh, I'm pretty sure that when you're listening to, to this, you can actually hear her heart because I'm not listening to just your voice. I'm, I'm listening to your heart. And, and as you say <laughs> this, congratulations to, to all that you do. I'm blown away by like all these this things that you've co-founded because like you co-founded like Hack Robot, you've co-founded Techno Latinas, you 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 are very active with the the community that you that you've co-founded the AI learners, and also one of the of the communities that you are or rather I don't know if you are still active there or it's still running is Elion. Is it is this it's still a running community and and what is what does it do? <laughs> Uh, this was actually not that community. This yeah. was the first um, startup that I tried to build. Oh, <laughs> look at you! It was <laughs> it was a huge failure, a huge one. But I had fun. I learned a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I learned how to build business models. I learned how to talk to investors. I learned how to. Um, you know, like uh, build a, a, an MVP and for a university, yeah, for a, a college student, it's like, that was huge. And yeah. now I, yeah, I I don't really uh, have like more um, involvement in that, yeah, yeah. but it was a very, very nice experience. Yeah. So what was uh, the a hard one, one, but nice. Yeah. <laughs> if, if if you are able to reminisce, um, I'm okay. Also, if you don't want to talk about it, um, what was the intention with with the startup? What what uh, right. was it doing? Also. Yeah. Uh. So I practiced taekwondo for about ten years or more. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so one of the things that I saw as a problematic was that uh, when these electronic breastplates were introduced to Taekwondo tournaments, Mm -hmm. The scoring points uh, were not working very properly. So basically, mm -hmm. these breastplates uh, equipment were introduced to make fights uh, fairer. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they also had some mistakes, and the scoring depended a lot on on on, on many factors. Mm -hmm. So the intention of this startup was to introduce a new uh, scoring uh, breastpl uh, breastplates. Mm -hmm. equipment and also to connect uh, such equipment with IoT uh, for us to track more like athletes uh, performance and some insights of them and so on. and this was the, the, the idea mm -hmm. uh, but at the end like yeah um, it was a, a, a huge journey with my um, with my co-founder and the learning that I got from that is to choose wisely your co-founder because yeah <laughs> <laughs> because if you don't choose the right co-founder it 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 can really be a, a a really bad experience. Um, I used to say that it was a bad experience that I had. Now for me, I see it differently, and I see that uh, that was something that I may have to go through. Uh, because I yeah I I really learned a lot, mm -hmm. but I would have preferred not to have such coffee under definitely. Yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's very interesting. So do you have intentions to actually run a startup in the future, or run a company, I'm... not necessarily startup? Because I think there's a time frame for startups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I sometimes do. Uh, I I feel like I'm a fountain of ideas sometimes yeah but I also know how to distinguish my really bad ideas with the good ones mm -hmm. and um sometimes I feel that I have a very good I have very good ideas and for me sometimes it's like yeah this is a good idea but mm, maybe it's not worth it like for a startup or so and yeah. one of the things that I, I I really have like very present is that if I want to create a startup or a product or a service for me mm -hmm. one of the things that I need to do is that it should have meaning you know like yeah. I wouldn't like to create a startup just for banking or yeah. something like that <laughs> <laughs> like no offense to banking yeah. <laughs> but I just wouldn't do that like I would really yeah. want it to be meaningful to help people uh, I, I don't know like so I I haven't had this feeling Mm -hmm. for such ideas yeah and yeah but if I ever if I ever had a, a, a nice idea I probably would do that <laughs> yeah, yeah oh man yeah I think I think you you have a very good point uh, if it's something that has meaning it's something that is addressing a certain problem then go for it man we are here we are cheering and i know that you would definitely do well so apart from um um choosing co-founders is there anything you've learned from your startup becoming a failure um probably being in experience okay uh, probably being in experience also um, was a huge reason for for such failure yeah um 
but you know sometimes I also feel like oh I miss having that uh, yeah. inexperience because <laughs> because that also helped me to 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 feel that I was like I could eat the world yeah 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 you just wanted <laughs> like, to consume everything exactly so yeah sometimes I miss that but I think that um it was a very uh, I was very inexperienced in many yeah. in many in many ways Mm-hmm. And um, I don't blame my co-founder, uh, or I don't put all the responsibility on the failure on 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 him. But mm-hmm. I I I also think that it was a, a combination of factors for it not to be successful. And to be to be honest, I feel like there was a need for such product. Yeah. And actually, it was it was weird, you know, because after. Two years, then some other startups started to do the same. Yeah, and and I was like, oh, maybe it was really the the right time, but yeah. it, it didn't work for us. And and it's fine. It's okay to accept that you can you can make mistakes and move on. At the, yeah. at, like it's it's weird. I don't know. It it was a weird feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it, and I think. Um, at the end of the day, whether or not it 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 continued, um, the fact that you were able to draw a lesson from it and you were able to have to use those lessons um, in the future in your career, it is still a win for me, um, in my opinion. So and also <laughs> like I really admire the bravery again to actually start something new. I think a lot of people have struggles around having to begin and. For me, from everything that we've kind of been talking about right now, you struck me as someone who just generally go for it without even looking back. So do you then move from, from your startup at the time and then um, go to corporate? Because I know that you worked as a DevOps engineer at some point. You, 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 you Indeed. Freelance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And how's yeah. freelancing for you? Like, um, what does a day as a freelancer look like? <laughs> it, it it was more um how can i say it took me more effort first yeah. to look for uh clients mm-hmm. and people to collaborate with uh trying to understand their needs uh it's also like being an entrepreneur because you you really need to understand what they want you really need to also communicate that what they want maybe is like not feasible or what they want is probably something different. So especially in machine learning, because I started uh, the freelancing in a machine learning position. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at that time, it was like it started to to sound like the, uh, you know, the, the bossy words. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's like, uh, something very uh, difficult sometimes because many people wanted to do like machine learning systems and not many of them needed them at all and yeah. it was it was a journey it was such a journey uh but yeah i would say like looking for for people to co- collaborate trying to organize your time um and also like because i was a fresh uh, graduate yeah for me it was also trying to uh, get balance from from work from trying to figure it out like 
what I really wanted, like if that was really the life that I wanted or what. Uh, because yeah, I think that sometimes you are very used to like finish uh, college and then you start a, a job and you never really wonder like, is this really what I want? Is this really where I want to go? Because yeah. you you start something, you finish, you start and finish and so, and it's like over and over again. And, and yeah, for me, that was like, I really needed a pause and unfortunately at that moment uh i actually had to make a pause because uh yeah because of a personal experience yeah uh it was not a huge pause but yeah. it also actually made me a uh, like it actually helped me to put me back on track um, yeah. to to really determine what i wanted yeah yeah Does um, taking a pause and figuring out what you want become the reason why you then move from Mexico to to a new country? <laughs> Somehow, yes. Yeah. Uh, it was a matter of timing. Um, I always wanted to move abroad. Yeah. And I wanted to move to Germany actually because Germany oh, has yeah, many I opportunities. <laughs> I remember those. I remember those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Germany has many opportunities for Mexican people. And uh for me that was something achievable. I I, I was like, yeah, I think I can achieve such thing. I, I think I can move to Germany because of the support that I could have. Um, because they have many programs uh, for masters for working when you graduate from um, uh, you know from a science or technology field so um, my idea was to move to Germany to study a master mm -hmm. and because of that at that uh, right time uh, Omar was also a uh, hired uh, to, yeah, for, uh, from the internship, he was converted to a full-time. And because he has many nationalities, he was able like to choose whatever he wanted. And basically he, choose, uh, he, he, he chose Zurich to be close to Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and at the end, many things happened. And, yeah. and at the end we decided to move together to Zurich yeah. I actually applied to masters uh, in Switzerland, but I was rejected. I was yeah. rejected, and for me that was like, oh my gosh, like what I'm going to do? I'm yeah. being rejected. Um, does that mean that I'm not like good enough? Uh, yeah. Does that mean that this will never be possible? Will I will I have to go back back to Mexico? And I yeah, it was a hard time. Um, at the same time. I was like really going through this such a, a roller coaster of emotions, mm -hmm. and I started to learn German uh, because I saw that for jobs in Switzerland you are required to have a, a at least a in an intermediate German level. Yeah, and uh, that will increase my possibilities to get a job. At the end, that was not necessary because I uh, I applied to the job uh, where I am currently, yeah. and they didn't require any any German. I mean, uh, some meetings are in German actually, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you are not required to speak in German like the whole time, you know. And it was a very very nice uh, opportunity. 
And you know, it always happens that when you are looking for a job, uh, you don't find nothing. Like you, you really like nothing. Yeah. And suddenly everything, like everything, everything wants. Comes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything comes and everyone wants you to join to 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 the to their places. So I was like, oh my God, now I how can I decide? But at the end, um yeah, and actually one of the opportunities was to move to Germany. Yeah. And, uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, like, should I follow the same, um, like the same world that I used to have as a, since I was a child, like to go to Germany and so, or should I stay here? And uh, it was a hard decision because also there was like everything in the, in the middle of the, not in the middle, but just with the pandemic starting. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I, I think this, is the place where I should be uh, right now, and yeah. I think that the opportunity opportunity that I am having here is what I need, is and is something that I can contribute more than to the others. Yeah. And yeah, I think it was the right choice. Yeah. And next month I will be uh, in Switzerland. It will be my four year anniversary in Switzerland. Oh. <laughs> happy anniversary in advance <laughs> yeah that's that's, uh, that's actually like yeah actually i think we move almost around the same time um yeah that's that's beautiful um happy happy anniversary in advance um so what is your role right now um with 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 your current job uh i'm a machine learning engineer i started as a data engineer actually um but i basically do the same as when i joined but yeah. <laughs> we figured out that uh, actually the things that I were I, I was doing were more like um, a machine learning engineer uh, uh, thing, you know. So yeah, that's my my current title now, and it's a biotechnology company. Uh, mm-hmm. They have like different products and services, so it's quite uh, quite open about what you can do there. And that's great. So what then gets you in this kind of setting where you, you have to get settled with your job and everything? What makes you then decide that you want to actually study? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, or rather so, continue studying again. <laughs> yeah. So um, as, as, as I mentioned, I always wanted to. Uh, so the plan was always to do a master yeah. uh, abroad. And I communicated that since the beginning to my manager. And I was talking like, uh, you know, I, I I think I'm, because, uh, funny story, I did my TOEFL test, which is the English test yeah. for, yeah, it's for evaluating your English level. Mm-hmm. And I got a 98 and I needed 100. Oh, <laughs> wow, okay. And because of that, I couldn't apply. So I never applied to the to the university because I I I didn't uh, get the score. Yeah. So for me it was like a huge uh, thing in my head. Like I needed to do that. I needed to do that. And then I told my manager like, hey, uh, so um, this was actually the university in which I wanted to 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 apply, but I never did. And he and, and he told me like. Hey, uh, but like you should apply. Like we can support you here. There are many people that do their uh, PhD while also working, or yeah. do some further education while working, and they they focus their uh, projects on on 
things that they maybe want related to the company. And for me, that was like a huge green light. Mm -hmm. um, and so I applied. Uh, and yeah, you know, at the beginning, I was like, oh, no, they are going to reject me because the other ones that are less competitive rejected yeah. me. And they didn't. And, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. Yeah. And <laughs> and I, I, I told my manager, like, I was accepted. And he he was very, very supportive. He mm -hmm. is. And he told me, like, okay, uh, so in Europe, I don't know, maybe in Austria as well, but in Europe, there's, like, this thing in which you can uh, work some percentage of the time. So ah, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so I'm basically uh, switched to a less percentage. Mm -hmm. So I'm currently both working and studying. Uh, and, yeah, this setting works for me very, very nicely. I, I definitely have to, you know, like... Um, try try to survive because yeah. it's like uh very like switching context and uh, trying like to uh cope with these studies because yeah. the 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 course is quite uh, competitive and challenging but at the same time it's what i wanted and it's yeah. what i have always uh, trying like to to get into so yeah it's, it's yeah. really fortunate <laughs> Yeah, all the best, man. All the best with your studies. And I know that you will um, do really well in that space. Um, almost four years in, in Switzerland, right? Um, mm -hmm. What is it that uh, moving abroad has taught you about yourself, reflecting it back to your career? Reflecting it back to my career. Mm -hmm. um, oof, you, you know, currently... Some of the things that I see, for example, uh, is that people here have it have it easier. Like they have yeah. it easier. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not that I uh, diminished their effort or so, but people in Mexico at least they get up in at five a.m. or four for a three-hour commute to their university or college. Yeah, and they have to survive. Or I, I was also like there. I, it was my life. Like you had to survive yeah. to to this uh, commuting time, to how bad the the transportation is, how bad the um the things for women are there. Like yeah, yeah, really bad. And uh, you are constantly in a in an alert state. Mm -hmm. Whereas here you turned it off completely, and that really takes a huge part of your life, a huge part of the, your like your effort, and so. And I really wonder, like, uh, how would it be? How would it be for for Mexican people to not to get worried about such things? To really yeah. focus on on their studies, to really be worried only about passing the test instead of being worried for having enough food to eat, for having um and uh, i don't know the the a, a good professor another professor that maybe is uh, corrupted or that maybe harasses uh, women yeah. and it's like uh it, it's something that i really feel fortunate now to be able to have a different uh, opportunity yeah um but 
at the same time for me it's like quite sad yeah that this is still happening back yeah. in home you know so it's it's hard um that's also something that drives me like to to create these communities and so and i feel that i I am a very strong person and that has allowed me to uh, continue in this field yeah. because I work on that. And and that has been like the the biggest learning in my, yeah, when moving to Switzerland, like how different it is, like how different the worries are uh, and how yeah the the injustice system <laughs> that we have yeah oh wow that's a that's a very interesting one and and i think i relate to some of the things you mentioned in a way and i in that in that very note of actually you speak about injustices that um some of them are directed to women which makes me assume that you have seen it you've watched it and everything um what do you what do you what has been your experience in your career diversity within the machine learning space and and just software development in general for you my experience is that i am always the only woman in the teams yeah always like no exception like at this moment at this time in life i haven't been part of a team that has another woman for example um so that's 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 that and also uh, in college for example mm-hmm. um yeah like you really had to prove yourself twice mm-hmm. as as men you know totally mm-hmm. yeah and why do you think is that why do you think where are the women uh why are they not in these offices <laughs> I, I i wonder i wonder as well like um so i think that there are many Systematic, there are like systematic biases around, and you know the system it, itself is not really designed like for for welcoming more women, and mm-hmm. there are biases also in the in the people, and it's like reinforcing uh, each other over and over. Um, as I mentioned, something that Technolatinas enabled me. Yeah. or like made me realize is that there is actually like the, 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 there are women science there are women in technology yeah. um it's just that they are not given like the space they are not considered they are like uh, they have to prove th- uh, themselves uh, twice uh, or more yeah. they have to be like yeah like they, they have to somehow behave like yeah. a man in order to get into the field and that's really sad because that totally uh, goes against like being um you know like make uh, a team equally because it doesn't just because someone is like behaving in a, a stereotypical male way it doesn't mean that it's the way it should be yeah and if you were to give some advice to some to some corporate spaces of some companies to actually try transform the spaces what would you tell them well first of all uh, language matters yeah. like uh, i feel that language is very to- uh, focused towards uh, a male uh, setting yeah 
And if you start like trying to detect some uh, such biases in the language, that that is just a part of uh, involving more uh, people in the in the workspace, right? And it's not only about women; it's in general. It's in all genders. Um, also, like um, trying to to really understand. Uh, people that identify themselves as women yeah because it's like some people really don't know anything about what we need yeah uh, <laughs> and let's put an example like so, so some some companies in the international women uh, women's day like yeah. I, I i always see like they organize breakfast they organize like posting social media and so it's like Man, I don't need these things. I yeah. need you to pay me equally to my peers. I need you to consider my needs. I need you to consider that I have uh, contributed to this and this and this. And why have I, am I not being paid equally yeah. as the men? You know. So, um, and this is not a war uh, of men and women. It's just like uh, you cannot uh, like pro claim your, uh, yourself to be supporting women when you are just using things like to uh, trying to make it look like it is like that but you're not yeah. and and it's like uh, I don't have like uh, a huge like recommendation or like uh, yeah you know if you do this this will change completely the game and this will be uh, like uh, the thing that will make your company be more welcoming to or minorities or so and because I think that many companies are still figuring out and most of the th the companies that are like uh, that have a good um, uh, equality and so are also trying to figure out like how to keep it how to uh, try to foster it and so and um, it's nice that you uh, that we are talking about this because that's also another initiative of Techno Latinas yeah, uh, yeah. to try to figure out what's the best way to introduce such uh, like protocols to companies. I hope one day we will be able to crack the code uh, and, really, <laughs> and really be in a position where you it is normal to to actually walk into an office and you are not the only or you are called a female developer, something that irks me actually, because move around the, uh, among them. And I think one theme that I'm hearing from a lot of people that have come into this platform is that, hey, I've been the only, or from a technological point of view, you do have at least like product owners, then you, there's like the space is not, I feel like there's no gap that needs to be bridged there because you do find quite a huge number of women but the minute you move to like your machine learning software engineering and all those stuff the numbers starts going down and if a woman has not worked worked alone in in, in all the spaces they have only maybe one colleague who was a female and yeah i hope we crack the code one day I, I hope we get <laughs> me to <too>. that. <laughs> yeah, me that too. Totally. Where, where it's not, it's not a foreign thing to have. You know, we are about to end this podcast, and before we do, um, do you have any advice to the young, um, or rather, like not necessarily the young, but um, the females in tech who are actually 
um, either trying to get into the space or are already in the space and they feel stuck somehow, maybe? Yeah, I, I would say that one of the things that um, sometimes is difficult is to uh, have someone in, in, in who you trust. Like, mm-hmm. it's really important to have support there that uh, that is like with you like not and I'm not talking about like uh, a partner or so like in yeah. my case for example it could be you like you are really a, a reference for me like uh, all your strength and yeah, yeah. everything you you your career that that really inspires me and knowing more uh, women in the field knowing it's possible has helped me to yeah. to see yeah yeah this is this is definitely possible I can do this uh, being reckless, being being reckless and and trying to work towards your your goals because it's what you want and not what others want. Uh, focusing totally on yourself, uh, putting yeah. yourself first is really always uh, the the way to go because I I feel that many um, many cultures expect us as women to put other people first rather than us yeah and that is really I understand that is like a cultural thing Mm -hmm. but uh, that definitely impacts your career and being able to to see that that is not selfish being able to see that that is actually a self-love that will allow yourself to uh, advance in your career to try to um, build yourself to try to learn more things to to build up a a, a better you mm-hmm. that is definitely something that of course there will be times there will be uh people there will be companies in which you realize that uh, maybe sometimes it's impossible uh, because it's not only on self-love you know it's not because you love yourself yeah. you'll be able <laughs> to do such things like it's a lot of things that contribute for you to um to to go forward but um you'll eventually uh, realize that as soon as you also start to like uh, being around more inspiring women to be right uh, next to the right people um that is something that will really leverage your career yeah and 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 this this is crucial because it's not like you are around this uh, right people it's because these right people also introduce you to more opportunities to different perspectives to uh to a, a different worlds you know so um it's it's that part that makes you uh, go further yeah 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 and i hope if you're listening at home and you've had michelle right now have a community of women and 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 it it helps and i can really 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 support that definitely i think if you've listened to this podcast quite often you you will know that i am definitely for community so so yes um michelle Thank you so much. And oh, in, in Spanish, because I still have some Spanish in me, although I like a long time ago. <laughs> Which is gracias, chica. <laughs> <De nada. laughs> Thank you so much. We are going to move to one of my favorite feature about the show. And this is the letter that I've asked you to write to your younger 10 years old self. So take it away. 
reading in your own words. <laughs> okay, I hope I don't cry. <laughs> I, I, it's quite sure, but yeah, let's go. Listen, listen, it's okay to cry <laughs> in this platform. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Dear Michelle, you are 10 years old and going to a bliss of happiness because after being an only child for nine years, now you have a one-year-old brother who's changed your life completely. You're also going through one of the most challenging years of your life. And even so, you have no idea what's happening. You'll eventually heal from that. I admire the strength you've always had, how you never cease to fight injustices and to always speak up and use your voice to advocate for a fairer world. You always daydream, you always seek adventure, and you always wonder if you'll ever be able to help people while traveling the world and being your best self. Even when all the odds are against you, you persist. And because of that, because of how much you put your heart on the things you want, you'll achieve everything you have envisioned. Thank you for being such a nerd and not being afraid of being so, for not giving up working on your goals and for not being afraid of destroy yourself and build a better version of yourself over and over, and over again. I love you. Be patient. You'll get there. <laughs> Guys, don't you just love the young Michelle? Because I do. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you. Thank Hilary. you so much. Really, this was such a therapy for me. <laughs> I'm glad it was. I'm glad it was. Oh, man. Thank you so much. So, guys. Thank you for joining me in this episode of She Talks Tech. If you enjoyed our discussion and found it inspiring, I encourage you to follow and share the podcast. By doing so, you will never miss an episode and can help spread the empowering stories of women in technology and STEM. Let's work together to break barriers, shatter stereotypes, and build more inclusive and diverse future. Join the conversation, follow and share the She Talks Tech podcast. Thank you so much for your support. I look forward to having you with me in the future.